0: Okay, so we're, uh, been praying a lot lately about the church and just where God's taking us. And I think most of you are going to agree with me, if not everybody, that things look a little different now than they ever have. And, uh, and I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know it's bad. Uh, Keith preached on it this morning. Uh, if you get a chance, we are on every, uh, Every place online that there's like any major place that shows podcasts, our messages are on there. Even the ones from Henderson are on there. They usually come on about a week afterwards. Uh, Ryan Shelley does an awesome job of making sure we have them online. But Keith did a great job this morning speaking about how, where our passion's at and, uh, and our dedication and just that zeal we would have for the Lord. And, uh, so as he was preaching in lines like, like two weeks ago, or three maybe, I've preached in uh, Henderson about our identity, and then Pastor Chad came here and spoke about identity. So as I'm in Henderson listening to Keeve talk, I'm like, it lined up just perfect, and it's just the way God's speaking. So the day we're going to talk about, uh, actually the title of my message came from Keeve's message because I didn't realize the title, and it's, how to do this thing called church and uh and and i think sometimes we come to church and we see everybody doing what they do and we we see the pastor up there we see amanda do a great job with the children and angela and the ladies doing a great job in the nursery and like man everybody has a place you know we got connie back there even though Sorry about the technical difficulties. We think we have a cable that went out, but Connie's working hard back there, and you got Jared and Jeremiah, and everybody's doing something, and then we're like, I don't know where what I do. What do I do here? Like, we come in, and we're confused. Like, I know there's got to be something, but I I don't know. And uh, so we're going to talk about this very concept, and I'm going to be in 1 Corinthians 12 for a while, but I'm going to start out, we're going to start, we're going to be in, at the beginning of it, but first I want to read, uh, before I pray, First Corinthians twelve twenty seven says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in his church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, ministration, and various kinds of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. So let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for who you are, Lord. God, I thank you that your plans are bigger than ours, Lord. I thank you that you, on the moment we accepted you, Lord, as our Savior, you had a place for us, Lord. You had a desire to use us, Lord. We thank you for all the gifts you give us, Lord. We thank you for all you do for us. And Father God, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts. Get me out of your way, Lord. And let us receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So uh I was thinking this morning as we were in the middle of worship, just sometimes we overlook how awesome it is to uh, be a part of a church. Sometimes we take for granted a church. And as I'm in the middle of worship, I just can't help but think that the people closest to me in my life, most of them have come from church. And uh, I think of, you know, a lot of times you'll see me, I'll be with Mike Harris doing something or Rick Nichols, uh, or Pastor Chad, or somebody like that, and we'll be together. But there are people you don't see me with much that I feel like I'm just as close to, if not, you know, there's some of my t- most trusted people. Ryan Murray and I don't hang out much, but there's not very many people I trust more than Ryan Murray, if any, right? Connie Martin and I don't hang out that often, but I trust her fully, right? We, You can't drive a wedge between us because we have that common bond. And there's there's so many people in the church, Bob Withers. Bob Withers and I can go a year without talking, and then we talk, and we pick up right where we were at, right? And and these are the things that happen in a church. Like, when we are one in Christ, we're family, right? We are family, and we have to remember that. And uh, I think of Stacy George. I don't hang out with Stacy and her family much, but when I see Stacy. We just have that common bond. She's one of the people I can go to today, and she helped me out immediately. Right, and then, so we're very blessed, and uh, we have something that other people wish they had. We have it, and uh, but we need to also be able to share that and show others. So, uh, so we're going to stay in First Corinthians twelve. I'm going to start in the front, in the beginning there, and it says, "Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I n- do not want you to be uninformed." And, uh, that is actually a, an interesting, uh, start to a message, like to, uh, a, a chapter there. And he says, now concerning spiritual gifts. I don't know if you understand, like, in the original of this, the word gifts isn't even in that. He's actually saying, now concerning spirituals. And he's just talking about the things of the spirit. It's not, the word gift they put in there so we would understand what he's talking about, but he's just talking about the things of the Spirit. Now concerning uh, things of the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, that word uninformed actually is better translated ignorant. I don't want you to be ignorant. And, uh, I don't know about you. I'm often ignorant about a lot of things. And, uh, so he is setting us up like, hey, I want you to understand the things of the spirit. I don't want you to be ignorant of it. Right. And, uh, which is a good concept. He says, you know, that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy spirit. And, uh, I think all of us know that there was a time in our lives that we were probably serving something that we should not serve. We were doing things we should not do, but the moment you get saved, there should be a change in that. Right? We are now calling Jesus Christ Lord of our lives. And you can't do that on your own. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that, right? Then it goes on and says, Now there are a variety of gifts but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. And I like this, uh, the way he words this, because as you read that, it doesn't say over and over, there's varieties of gifts, same Spirit. There's varieties of service, same Spirit. There's varieties of activities, but same Spirit. No, he actually goes, Spirit, the Lord, God. He's including everything. The Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Father, right? And whenever he's talking here and he says there are a variety of gifts, the gifts that we have when we get saved, we are all gifted people. We have some kind of spiritual gift. Rather, it's a, a, a spirit-led gift from the Holy Spirit or something not for the Holy Spirit? We are doing something. When I got saved, one of the things that... Or not saved, but whenever I got rededicated to the Lord, one of the things that changed my life was I realized that I was either leading people to Christ or away from Christ. There's no in-between, right? You can't... If you're not leading people to Christ, the only place you're leading them... Away from Him. It's the only way possible. And so our gifts in life, the things we do, the gifts we have, are either to lead people to Christ or they're to lead him somewhere else. And we are all gifted people. So the gifts that we have should be led by the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And there are a variety of services. That's ministries. That's what the word there would mean. There's a variety of type of ministries, right? If I ask Connie Martin to come up here and preach a message, it's going to be a really quick message, right? And she may just say, hey, bring me the microphone back here. I have something to say because I'm not getting on a stage because it's not her, her ministry, right? If I ask Pastor Chad to go back here and do what Connie's doing, he's going to say, I, I don't know how to do that, right? Right? That's the way that's going to work because each person has their own set of ministries and it's all led by the Lord Jesus is what it says. And then there are varieties of activities. Now these are not like just fun games we would play when you see activities. The word actually would mean works or energies, right? There are works that would be done and there's a variety of different kind of works that would be done and those works are given to us by God the Father. Jesus said, you, I only do what I see my Father in heaven doing. And I, I, I always love that. That uh, he was obedient to the works of, the, of God the Father. Guess what? I should be too. It's the way that should work. Okay, then it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I'm going to re-say that so you hear it. To each is given The manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Okay, so that means when you are saved, you're given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you, there are different times that you see the Holy Spirit more active than others, but the Holy Spirit is never divided up. The Holy Spirit inside of you is the same Holy Spirit inside of me. The same Holy Spirit inside of Johanna whenever God's using Johanna is completely full of the Holy Spirit, same as here. He doesn't give you a little slice here or there, right? There's no like little bitty piece. Right now I'm operating under a little bit of the Holy Spirit, but later on maybe I'll get the whole Holy Spirit. He cannot divide himself, right? So whenever the Holy Spirit is in us, it is the Holy Spirit, not like... A little, you know. Sometimes we pray, "Oh, Holy Spirit, give me more, give me more." We do want more of His manifestation at times, but He can't give you more because He's complete, right? The Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son are one; they can't be divided. Uh, and then, but it, but my my favorite part of that is not just a manifestation of the Spirit, but He says for the common good. He doesn't say for your good. He doesn't say for my good. He doesn't say for the neighborhood's good. He doesn't say for somebody else's good. He says for the common good. We have gifts. We have the Holy Spirit to serve one another. It's for the good of all people. The Holy Spirit didn't come so he could just bless Pastor Chad. Holy Spirit came to use each of us for the common good of one another. Right, I, I, I say here lately. I've, you've probably heard me talk about Acts four. The end of Acts four, it says they had all things in common, and they did everything together. And it's this a beautiful picture of community. And it didn't happen until they all had the Holy Spirit and they were operating in their spiritual giftings. Right? We we want something more. We want something better. We want this church. Not only our congregation, but we want, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't want the church as a whole to be better, to be bigger, to be doing what it's called to do. And it only happens when we are each doing our part, when we are each having that manifestation of the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of Wisdom. And you guys may be thinking like, well, Eddie don't have a lot of that. There are some people here who truly have, like when they speak, you listen because you know why there's wisdom in that, right? And to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He will. And you look at all those gifts that it's naming right there. To one is given. To one is given. To one is given. It does not say to one all these things are given. One person will bring their part of wisdom. One person will bring their part of knowledge. One will bring healing. One will bring miraculous signs, miracles, right? And that word miracles is is an interesting word. It actually means acts of power. Sometimes we get overblown with miracles. We just want to see... It's, it's things that the Holy Spirit will do through people that they can't do on their own. It is, it is a, a miraculous thing. And, uh, but it doesn't say, like, hey... God's going to come to Wellspring and the the leaders of Wellspring are going to have all these things. It can't work that way. There's not enough people, there ain't even enough people in this church right now to have every spiritual gift given to them because there are so many things that need to be done for, for the church as a whole. There's so many things that need to be done for the community. There's so many things that need to be done for the kingdom of heaven to be established right here. And if we're not doing it, We're falling short, right? We're not doing our part. And uh, I'm going to move on because I can stay there for a long time. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, And all were made to drink of one spirit. So it doesn't matter who you are. Paul put you into that formula. We're all in the same spirit. We're all one body. Last year I preached a message in Henderson about this very thing of if a a, a part of the body is missing, it'll die off, right? And the rest of the body takes a long time to compensate for that missing part. If a part of the body is not operational, it doesn't mean you cut it off, but you wait for it to be healed and it has to start healing. Otherwise, it's not operational. We're missing a part of our body, right? If my leg right now just went out, I'm going to have to ask Tanner to get up and hold me up, prop me up, Tanner, so I can keep preaching. And hopefully my leg will come back so Tanner don't have to follow me around forever because he won't be able to do what he needs to do if he's got to prop up my leg, Right? So we need the parts of the body all operating together, right? If the foot, where the body does not consist of one member but of many, if the foot should say, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You get that. If you're sitting here thinking, like, I don't know that I have a part in this, it doesn't make you any less part of the body. We just have to figure out what your part is, what your function is, right? If the foot's looking at the hand and said, I'll never be able to grab a hold of something, my thumb don't work like that. You got to explain to that hand or to that foot that, hey, you're what gives stability, you're what you use for walking. Right, We have to recognize what those parts are used for because everything can't do the same thing. If everybody got up on the stage and preached right now, we would have a whole bunch of people up here talking over each other and nobody listening. Right? It can't work that way. Then it goes, and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? (laughs) Sometimes I think God's wondering that. Like, where is their sense of hearing? At least with me. Why is he not listening? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. I like the one body concept. I, I don't know if I've ever shared it in here, but one of the things I like about working with the UBC over in Henderson is there are multiple churches who come together, and when you when we do something together, you will have anywhere from 20 to 40 people doing ministry. But you'll have more than that coming to be ministered too. And the way it operates is there are so many people there. Nobody's overwhelmed. Nobody's doing more than their part. And so when you walk away, you feel like, well, I didn't do much there, but you did your part. And if everybody's doing their part, things get easier. It's the the whole concept of many hands make light work, right? And that's not small hands, that's multiple hands. The more people doing their part, the less one person has to do, right? So when we show up and you're, you're doing ministry, it looks very uh, fluid. It just moves smoothly. And nobody has to even communicate, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? They just jump in and they do their part. And you know what happens whenever a, a church is operating in that way? The people in the community that should be ministered to look no different than anybody else because it's so fluid, everybody's invited. There's no longer, you're the, pro, you're the one getting the, the with the problems that we're going to minister to. You're now the person we're hanging out with and we're spending time with you and you're no longer a focus in that way. People are able to be loved as one, right? Yeah, I cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you nor again the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we bestow, it says, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unrepresented parts are treated with greater modesty. And I want you to think about your own body. On your body, there are parts you are going to protect more than other parts because it will hurt if they get injured, right? Certain places you're like, no, my whole body's protecting that part, right? That doesn't make that part more valuable or less valuable because it's vulnerable, right? There's nobody in here who's less valuable or more valuable than the other person you have just as much a part in this body as anybody else. There's nobody in here who's less important than Pastor Chad is right now, right? And I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're doing your part yet. You're still a part, and we have to live in that way. It says, but God has so composed the body, given greater honor to the part that lacked it but there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. The first part of that, I hope you hear when he says, God composed the body. You didn't choose to be a part of the body. God composed it. God put you in the body. God. Like, I didn't go out and recruit any of you to be a part of this body. I don't want to get rid of any of you. I love you all. But it had nothing to do with my plan. God chose you to be here. God chose you you to be a part of his body as a whole. You grasp that? Like God chose you. The creator of the universe. The one who spoke and everything said, poof, here I am out of nothing, said, hey, I want you. Right? You are a part. And you deserve to be honored as a part of the body. And it says we need to take care of one another. I uh, There are certain people that have spiritual gifts you'll never notice. And some of them are in here, some of them aren't, I'm going to pick on our birthday girl though, Laura Borman. There is nobody you will ever meet who will protect somebody more than Laura will. Try to come against one of her kids. Try to come against Pastor Chad. Come up here and try to attack me right now see what Laura does. Be like a badger. Be wild. Because she's going to protect people. What if we had that same heart? What if I said, hey, nobody's going to attack Zoe. Not in front of me, they're not. I'm going to protect that girl. Right? Rick Nichols. Rick Nichols has a spirit to protect. Right? And he won't let anybody attack us. Right? Those are the kind of personalities we need. We need those people who protect more, right? But we also have to protect one another. We have to look out for one another. When somebody's not here, we should be saying, hey, what's going on, brother? How can I help you? What can I do, right? We got to look out for one another. I promise you, this world will not. If one member suffers, if one member suffers, all suffer together. That is one of those concepts that we don't always get as a church because we we may think like, well, I don't even know what that person's going through. How am I suffering? You know how you're suffering? Because they're not doing their part. They're not here to do their part. They're not able to be whole. The body's not whole. When somebody is suffering, everybody's going to suffer. And if we can get the mentality that we're going through all this together, it gets easier to go through everything together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Pastor Chad's trying to pay, pay honor to me before service, and what are these brothers over here doing? They're, they're, they're rejoicing at it. They could have easily just said, ah, whatever, but they rejoiced. Exactly what Scripture says to do. How about that? They didn't even think about it. It's the Holy Spirit welling up inside of them with excitement, Right? Says, now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed in His church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? And that very concept there is, is, you know, I've heard people preach that message of, well, it says, you know, the first one is, is pointed out with the, uh, the apostles and second prophets, and then they start trying to rate the gifts. It's not what Paul's trying to do there. He's trying to tell you, hey, God put all these in place. Inspire to have your place. Right? And I'm going to go to Romans 12 here in a minute. I'm going to try to do that kind of quick, but I want to, Run something by you real quick, something that we don't always comprehend with our spiritual gifts. And uh I don't think Keith will mind me using this as an example, but Kievan Carter, whenever he first thing he ever did in the church was music ministry. He led the, the songs and stuff at his first church that he was part of and ministering at. And Keith still has this great call for music. He loves it. He he taught he shared that part in Henderson today. He loves music. Has anybody ever heard Kevin Carter just well out in song? Like you're around him, he just starts singing at all times. Right? He may do a dance, he may do it out of humor, he may do it out of love. It, whatever reason he starts singing. And I've never met anybody around him when he starts singing, it isn't instantly filled with joy. Right? Nobody's ever like, Keith, would you shut up? Well, maybe Shelly. (laughs) Shelly might ask that. But the rest of us are like, man, it's such a blessing to be around you. Right? It's a spiritual gifting. Right? He doesn't have to be up here on stage singing to use his gift. He can use his gift every day. Most of the time, people are like, man, I love when Keith does that. And I know that because people bring it up all the time. Like, man, he just has a song for everything, don't he? Yes. The answer is yes. There's not anything he doesn't have a song for. But it's a gifting. It doesn't have to be put on a stage to be a gift. It doesn't have to be in front of everybody to be a gift. Your gift can be used all day, every day. Right? And you may think, like, well, I'm not sure what my gift is. You have to think about that. What are you good at? What do you find joy in? You know, Keeves is obviously singing sometimes weird songs. Okay, so I'm going to Romans 12, because I don't want to be here all day. And it says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, I want you to understand, oftentimes Romans 12, verse 1 and 2 are taught separately from the rest of the chapter. And when you do that, you miss something. You miss a lot, right? So he's saying, I want you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? Holy and acceptable to God. That word holy means set apart for the Lord, right? That means for him. I'm giving myself for the Lord, which is your spiritual worship. Now, we worship on Sunday mornings. We get up here, and I don't know about you, but worship day was powerful. It was awesome. I love doing that. But your spiritual worship is presenting yourself to the Lord. Set apart for Him to use, right? Then he says, do not be conformed to this world. And he's, this is like one of those, like, pastors love scriptures, right? Do not... Be, Uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This means don't do things the way the world does them. Right? You have gifts. Don't use them for world things. God chose you to be His. Don't do it the way the world does. Right? But instead, set yourself apart. Be transformed and used by God. Right, And it says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Are you testing what God wants you to do with your gifts? Are you presenting yourself to the Lord of, Lord, use me how you want to use me? I'll do whatever you want. Right, And he may say, well, today I just want you to go clean your neighbor's yard. And you'll be like, no, there has to be something, Lord, you're calling me to do. And he's like, clean your neighbor's yard. And you're like, yeah, but I really want to go share the gospel somewhere. And he goes, go clean your neighbor's yard. And you're saying, but I mean, you know, I know evangelists, they have these big, go clean your neighbor's yard, right? Sometimes we make less of the things like that that are bigger than all the rest, right? I don't know about you, but if somebody's in my yard and they're cleaning the yard and they come, I go out there and I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like... I just feel like the Lord wanted me to bless you with this. You know what? Inside of me, the Holy Spirit's going to well up. I'm going to... Like, that's way better than somebody knocking on my door and saying, let me tell you about Jesus, brother. And I'm going to be like, uh-oh, I got another weirdo on my door. Right? But whenever you're doing the things of the Lord, actually truly putting it in practice, it matters. It matters a lot then he goes on, after saying to be transformed and testing and knowing the will of God, he says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Sober-minded. Don't think of yourself higher than you ought. When I first came into church, or into this church in the Wellspring in Henderson, I'm sitting on a back row. Pastor Rod's talking about how much work he has to do around the building, how he's got to clean and everything else. And the Lord says, I want you to help that man. And I told Pastor Chad, I said, hey, I'll be here next week to help you clean and do whatever you need in here. I didn't tell the Lord, like, nah, cleaning's not for me. I feel like I should be preaching. I didn't think, at that point in time, if you would have told me to get up and preach, I would have told you you're nuts. I'm not doing that. But I knew when the Lord told me to clean, that was for me to do. I didn't think higher of myself than that I can clean a toilet. The greatest ministry I've ever done in church is cleaning the church. The most enjoyable ministry I've ever done in church is cleaning the church. The times I have heard the Lord more clearly were when I was cleaning the church. Right? Don't think so high of yourself that you can't do the little things. Right? He wants to use you in the little things. If He can use you in the little things, He can give you a little bit more to use. And if you're, He can use you in that little bit more, He can use you in a little bit more. But you know what? Don't be looking for the little bit more. Look to give honor to God and what He's called you in. Doing the things He's called you to do. Could you imagine If the 60 some odd percent of Christians who still call themselves Christians in America, every one of them were operating in their spiritual giftings right now, just right now, for one hour doing it, how different would this world look? What if it was just the ones around this area and this community? How different would it look? I can't imagine but I know there's a lot of churches in this community I know there's a lot of good brothers and sisters who believe in the Lord in this community I know that every one of them who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior has a spiritual gift and if we were to put them into action we would look like a church we wouldn't look like the dead building on a corner that people are waiting to do something for the community right right But, you can't control this community, you can't control this church, but you can control yourself. What if you began using your spiritual gift? Like fully committed yourself to the gift of the Holy Spirit. How much different would your life look and those around you? Imagine what your family and friends would do. I... I'm going to share this and I don't think he would mind, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'll ask for forgiveness later. And, uh, Mike Harris, whenever he first got saved and he was starting to live for the Lord and he was, God told him, hey, and, and just so you know, here in a few, next month, Mike will be here sharing his testimony. Don't miss that, son. It'll be the second Sunday in June. You don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. It is going to be one of the most powerful things I think you'll ever hear. But anyway, the Lord told him to be with God's people and to serve God's people. And you know what happens when it happens? People start noticing, right? And you have those naysayers of the world saying, you're only doing that for a period of time. It's a trend. You won't last. And I'm going to tell you, 17 years later, it's lasted. He's still doing it, right? And the people around him notice, and they begin to be... I would say all of us have been affected in some way, shape, or form, whether you know it or not, about the things Mike has done since he did that. Right? We're mad here. For as one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. Right, so I actually I skipped past a part I wanted to point out up here. It's talked about the gifts given according to the faith. You may not have the faith that you can raise the dead. Right, I don't know that I have the faith that I could raise the dead, but you may have enough faith that you can go pray for somebody who's sick. Use that faith. God can grow that. Right. You don't have to raise somebody from the dead to have enough faith to be used by God. He's saying, only do the things I'm calling you to do right now. You don't have to do those big things that you're not ready for. Do what I call you to do right now. right? That's all he's asking. He's not asking you to do the giant things. He's just asking you to do your part. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith. He uses it again. In service, in our serving. The one who teaches, in his teaching. And the one who exhorts, in his exhortation. The one who contributes, in generosity. The one who leads, with zeal. The one who uh, does acts of mercy, with cheerfulness. I always like how it kind of gets a little redundant in there. You know, if yours is prophecy, use prophecy, right? If yours is exhortation, use exhortation. He's not asking you to do anything other than what he gifted you in. Right? If you have a spiritual gift of exhortation, which means encouraging others, we don't need you in here prophesying. Now, if the Lord said, Hey, I want you to share this, then share it. But if your gifting is exhortation, let the Lord use it. Right? Let him do it. If your gifting is prophecy, You know what? It says in proportion to our faith. There are a lot of prophetic people. One of the best teachings I ever heard on the prophetic word is you test it. You don't start out strong. You don't get up and say, thus saith the Lord. And then you go ahead and you have this great long prophetic thing and everybody's looking at you like, wow, that guy's nuts. Right? No, you test it, Lord. Just be praying. And whenever the Lord gives you a word to speak to somebody, go speak it. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have somebody come share a prophetic word individually with me than stand up in front of me and tell me what the, this is coming straight from the Lord. I'm going to thank you, are a nutcase. More often than not, now, mind you, you're, you may be thinking, well, Stacey gets up and gives a prophetic word. You know what? She took years to to allow the Holy Spirit to lead her to that kind of faith. Right? She gives a lot more prophetic individual words than she ever did that. Because it's God had to grow her in that, right? i going to move to this last one here. And it says, uh, let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. You don't have to pretend to love people. Just love them. How easy is that? I don't have to pretend like I love somebody. if I do... There's an issue. I can just love them with the faith I have to love them as much as I can. Abhor what is evil. I think we all know that. Stay away from it. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. Sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we will let go of what's good to go do something that's not. Right? It says, love one another with brotherly affection. That's a tough one, because sometimes we just, we see people as a project or a ministry or we see them as broken or not as good. Love them with brotherly affection. Love them like they belong because they do. Right? Outdo one another in showing honor. I, I, I got a mental picture on this one day. Outdo one another in showing honor. Could you imagine? I started showing honor to somebody in here, and then the next one's like, oh, no, and then the other one's trying to outdo that, and then the other one's trying to outdo that and showing honor. Eventually, there's going to be a whole lot of honor thrown around in this building, right? You know what you're not going to have? A whole lot of condemnation. A whole lot of finger pointing, right? You won't have that. If we're outdoing one another and showing honor, a whole lot of honor going around. And be a whole lot of pleasing to the Lord. Now it also doesn't say don't show false honor. Right? I'm not gonna go up to Pastor Chad and say, I think you got a beautiful voice, man. Right? That ain't honoring to him. That's lying to him. Right? It may not be lying, I actually don't know that he's ever not sure he's ever saying out loud long enough that I know, but it uh but that's not honor. Honor would be like, man, you have a great gift of leadership. You need to use that. Right? That's honor because it's true. Right? Do not be slothful in zeal. This is what Keith preached on this morning, actually. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Where's your energy? What are you excited about? What are you passionate about? If it's about complaining, that probably needs to change. We're in a world where a lot of people are passionate about complaining and pointing out faults and pointing out wrongdoings. If our passion was in the Lord, if our passion was in showing honor, if our passion was in the gift God gave us, a whole different world around us, right? Serve the Lord. Rejoice and Hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Did you hear that part? Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's how you get an Acts 4 church. And Tracy, you can come on up. I'm going to close it out here. If we are truly contributing to the needs of our brothers and sisters... Let me ask you this, if we had a church right here right now that we're all taking care of one another, we're contributing our part one to another, right, and we're showing hospitality one to another, and we are so close because we're all doing our part, do you think it would be hard to get somebody to come be a part of that? Do you think people would say, like, I don't want no part of that. You guys are acting too like you got it together too much. You guys are unified way too much. I don't want to be a part of that. That looks healthy. I don't want it. No, that won't happen. If we're all doing our part and contributing our part, people are going to be like, man, I walked in there and people were serving me. They were loving me. They were showing me hospitality. You know, there's going to be so many things of our gifts. I can't even name them all of what your gifts are. And when people walk in there and be like, I can't believe how that place is. I can't wait to tell my friends how that place is. Instead, most people walk into churches and they're like, that was the most boring thing I've ever seen. I had somebody talk to me, but like I didn't even feel like I belonged. They, I mean, they were nice, I guess, but I walked in and I walked out. If they walked in and this place was super healthy, they're telling people. Right? What do they say the greatest advertisement there is 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 word of mouth. Let me ask you this. Do you have such a a high opinion of the church that your word of mouth is bringing people in? Hmm. We probably need to become a church that even we're out celebrating and telling people, you need to be a part of what we got going on there, right? Right? Bless those who persecute you. How about that one? That's one we don't like to listen to. Bless those who persecute you. I don't even like that one. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Hey, don't be jealous when somebody's got stuff going on that's good. And don't try to bring them down. Right? Rejoice with them. Hey, man, I've been going through it, but I'm so glad you got it going on, man. Let's celebrate, right? That's what we do. And then it says, but weep with those who weep. I'm not a weeper. If you're crying, I'll hug you. I'm probably not going to cry. I wish I could. I've tried. I'm broken. It don't work. But you know what? I'll go right there with you. I'll hug you. I'll sit there with you. I'll show as much compassion as I can with you. I might even poke myself in the eye so it looks like I'm crying. So I can do my part with you, right? I want you to hear this part. Because this right here is what it's about. Live in harmony with one another. Not new harmony. Live in harmony. Yeah, not not with Pastor Chad. Harmony with him, but not in new harmony in his house with me. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never being wise in your own sight. I love that about this church. I don't care if the most broken homeless person walks into this room right now. Nobody in here is going to look like they don't belong here. You guys will welcome everybody. Boy, that's awesome. That is awesome that blesses me I wouldn't trade anybody in here for anybody I don't care if it was like Franklin Graham I don't want him I want these people right here but I also like that when somebody else comes in you guys say that's that we want that person here right I love that never be wise in your own sight never be wise in your own sight Sometimes we think we know way more than we know. We think we have it figured out and we don't, right? Repeat, repay no evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now we understand there are some people who just don't want to see peace. We've all dealt with it your part is to try to be peaceful with everybody, right? Behold, never avenge for yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Can I tell you, there's nothing you can do to somebody else that is going to have more impact than what God can do for that person. There's two things God can do with a person who's trying to attack you or hurt you or has ill feelings against you. He's either going to save them, they're going to repent, they're going to become better for it, or they're going to face a wrath that none of us ever want to see anybody face. Leave it to the Lord. You don't have to address it. Behold that, well, got that part. Then he closes with the To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And when he talks about heaping burning coals on somebody's head, that was a, a sign of repentance back in the Old Testament. The way you love somebody can lead them to repentance when somebody comes up and attacks me and I can love them through it it's going to be real hard for them to continue attacking me there are some people who will keep doing it and you trust the Lord with them but ours is to to just live like we're supposed to live and I'm going to open this altar up for prayer if you need prayer for anything we talked about to figure out your gifting pray with you. If you're at your seat and you want us to come pray with you at your seat, let us know. Just hold your hand up. We'll come over and pray for you. You don't have to get up. If you have any other prayer need, we will pray for you. But don't leave this place not knowing that you've asked for the prayer you need and you've heard from the Lord the way you need. Right? So I'm going to close with some Prayer. Like I said, they're going to worship. We're going to worship. You need prayer, we're here. So, Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for the body you've given us, Lord, that you chose to be together here, Lord. God, I pray as we go throughout our day, Lord, our week, our month, our year, Lord, that you would begin to use your gifts in us, Lord, That we can be such a people, Lord, that are so focused on serving you, loving you, and loving our brothers and sisters, Lord. That it'll bring joy to you, Lord. It'll bring unity here, Lord. It'll make us healthy, God. And your kingdom will grow from it. Lord, use your people and minister to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. close with some prayer but if you still are praying or need prayer don't feel rushed to leave uh, but I want you to also remember it shouldn't be a condemning message this should be an inspiring message that, that God gave you gifts He loves you and I also want you to understand when Paul said do not think highly hope too highly of yourself that doesn't mean to condemn yourself or to break yourself down or make less of yourself well, make less of yourself, but not to condemn yourself, right? It's uh, Humility is making higher of others instead of lesser yourself. Humility is putting the Lord before you. That is humility. It's not tearing yourself down, right? So I'm going to pray and we're just going to humbly go before the Lord. So Father God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for your love that you pour upon us, Lord. We ask that you would just, God, be with your church, minister to your church, Lord. You see all the needs in this body, Lord, and we're trusting you with them, God. Father, God, be with us as we go throughout this week. Let Let us love people the way that you would have us love them, Lord. Let it not be a false love, Lord but let us love them truly the way you do, Lord. Give us love for your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.